You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone. This is M. Skyhill. I am the Director of Public Awareness and Education at Mental Health America, and I'm joined today by David Riley. We're taking over the podcast for a couple weeks while Teresa and America get some downtime. I've been on the podcast before, so is David, but I'll give you a quick refresher on me. Um, so I deal with depression and anxiety and ADHD, um, have since I was a young kid, since I was eight years old, and have been through a lot of different mental health uh, aspects, like therapy, medication, and whatnot. And I'll let David introduce himself, too. Hi, everybody. Like M said, I was on one episode a few episodes ago. I am a research associate here full-time at Mental Health America, and I'm also a therapist on the side. As we get into the podcast today, I try to keep in mind what it's like to be the therapist on that side of things versus what it's like to be a patient so that I can kind of give insights from both sides. But before anything else, I'm a person just like everybody else with a lived experience with depression, anxiety, severe attachment issues, you name it. My baggage is all there. And I own it, and I'm not afraid to talk about it, even as a therapist. So today, we're actually going to talk about, should I start medication? And when I say that question, I'm like, what's your knee-jerk reaction? Uh, There's really no clear-cut answer to it. It's It's such a personal thing. Like, everything is with someone's mental health journey, right? But with medication, it's it's one of those things where there's there's so many different types, there's so many kinds, and it can be so intimidating. I feel like for a lot of people, when you first start reaching out to get help for your mental health, that feels like, you know, step one or step two, it's always medication and therapy are kind of those first two things that you jump to. Um, but when you've never, when you've never done it before, when you've never been on medication before, and all of a sudden you're hearing all these different acronyms or different types of medications thrown out, it can be so, so intimidating and so scary to want to get started. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point why people don't ask that question, like why we kind of avoid taking medication. In addition to the stigma, I think, you know, when you agree to start taking medication, sometimes, at least for myself, it felt like I was admitting that something was really wrong that I couldn't handle myself. And that really kept me from seeking medication much earlier. I went undiagnosed for years before I found therapy and medication that worked. I can specifically remember roughly the time when I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe there is something here that I cannot control on my own. And is that such a bad thing? You know, and it's, it's funny because you would never, you would never look at someone with diabetes and be like, should you take medication? Like, of course, like your, your body has a inability to produce insulin or, or whatever type of diabetes you may have. And you need a little assistance doing that. And so as a therapist, when working with my patients, one of the ways I try and to describe it is medication, again, it's not black and white, but psychiatric mental health medications, whatever you want to call them, they don't allow you to do something you can't do. They allow you to do something you can already do with the assistance of that medication. So the analogy I always use and this one really works for me is with especially having ADHD, it's like running the mile and I have a cinder block tied to my ankle. Like I know how to run. I can run. That's not the issue. The issue is I have this huge weight around my ankle, making it 
extremely difficult. And so I take my medication every morning and it's like cutting the rope that attaches the center block. And then I take off sometimes too far and get all (laughs) kinds of things done that I can do just with that assistance of the medication. And so I'm wondering what, what was that moment like for you, like deciding should you start medication? Like what did that conversation sound like with yourself? So for me, I mentioned earlier, I've been, you know, dealing with mental health challenges since I was a kid. And so for me, that looked like therapy all throughout, you know, middle school, high school. Um, It wasn't until college that I started medication. And that was when I was at a really, really tough spot with my depression, Um, was not doing well at all, and so desperately needed help. And it was like, we need to go in therapy, meds, like, we need to start all of this immediately. And, you know, there were all sorts of challenges that came with that being in college and the college health centers and mental health services on college campuses. I was in Boston at the time and we kept getting hit with snowstorms and my appointments kept getting canceled, which was the most frustrating thing in the world. But it was walking in that first time, that first day and being like, you know, here's where I'm at. Here's the kind of person that I feel I used to be here's where I'm at right now. And saying things kind of similar to what you were saying, like, I feel just weighed down. I feel like life objectively looks good, but I don't feel good about it. And getting to that point where I think it's you, you hit on this earlier, admitting that something is wrong, admitting that you need help and accepting that, you know, this is going to be, there's a really good chance that medication is what will allow me to then do the other self-care things that will help me live a fulfilling life. I think that's a big piece of it too, is not seeing medication as, you know, a cure-all. It's not going to fix everything. And it's not, I feel like a lot of the stigma as someone who takes medication daily is people looking at me like it's a cop-out or like, you know, I'm getting this like extra boost. And it's like, I'm getting, okay, if you want to label it a boost, sure, but it's up to where you are. It's not any higher than where you are. It's just so that, you know, I can get myself up and out of bed in the morning because without that extra, you know, chemical burst from a pill, I can't do that every day. I can't do that consistently. Oh gosh, that, that was like a punch to the gut when you said that, because it's, I have heard that so many times as both a therapist and as a patient, a client a person. Mm -hmm. If I hear one more person tell me to stop taking my depression medication and just exercise more, like I might scream. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that too. So many times, like, I don't want to become reliant on medication. What does it mean if I am? And then I just ask like, okay, like, what if I need a antidepressant to get out? Like, what if that's the case? What if I have to take that for the rest of my life? can I be okay with if that helps me function and like live a somewhat enjoyable life why should that be a problem right why do I need to replace that with something else when you talk about the biological side of medication it's doing something that your brain otherwise can't do otherwise you wouldn't need it but you're right it's not the be-all end-all and I think that's where the other pieces come in I think that kind of leads me to the other question that came up while you were talking. You started to talk about it a little bit, but before we even ask, should I start medication? I can imagine a lot of our listeners may be wondering, how do I know? Like, how do I know if I should explore medication? Like, what are the signs? And for me, it's all these things that everyone kept shouting, like, oh, just exercise, eat better, go outside, color, learn to knit, whatever. Well, to get your mind off things. 
And when I did all those and nothing was working, at least not to the extent that made it possible for me to function, Mm -hmm. I realized I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that's not enough. You know, I'm still having trouble getting out of bed. I'm still stressed out. I'm still crying and having panic attacks. Like clearly exercising and eating a banana in the morning is not enough. Right. Yeah. I think for me, it was similar where I was doing, you know, all the things that I was quote unquote supposed to do to help my mental health. They were working a bit, I guess, but there was definitely still a missing, a missing piece to the puzzle there. And then I think another big part of it for me was feeling like I was just different than everyone feeling like life shouldn't be this hard. Why is it so easy for everyone else and so hard for me? Mm. And I think I asked myself that question so many times until I realized like maybe it doesn't have to be this hard for me. Maybe there is something I can do to make it a little bit easier. And for me, that that answer was medication. That was the thing that, you know, took enough of the weight off of me that I could start doing the things that would help me out more. Yes, exactly. I'm so glad you said that because it was literally just coming to mind about these things that we know help our mental health. If you're struggling to get out of bed in the morning, like if you're struggling to get up and just take a shower, how the heck are you going to go and run or exercise? Like Mm -hmm. we know these things are beneficial. We know they help us, but if medication helps you get that push to then go and do those things, right? Like it's not black and white, you can do both. But I I know I can resonate with the frustration of a doctor telling me to do these other things first before we try medication, because Mm -hmm. it's like, it took every ounce of energy I had just to get to this appointment today for you to, to then turn around and tell me to go try all these things that I already knew that I can't do or that I really struggle with doing Mm-hmm. which is why I'm here. And, and I remember walking away feeling so helpless about, yeah, like I came, so, came here asking for help. Exactly. So much of the process is so demoralizing because you feel like, you know, like this, this is going to be the solution or like, I'm, I'm going to get some help. And it, it feels like you just can't get there. And yeah, I think medication is one of those, is something that can alleviate that kind of like brain fog, the, apathy, so many of the things that um, are hard to just, you know, you can't really just decide to think yourself out of one day. Yeah. And the whole process of getting any mental health treatment is already so overwhelming and demanding. Like I remember canceling, I remember making my appointment and canceling like the first two times Mm -hmm. because it was just overwhelming. And then I finally made it and I finally went and I was like, yes, finally. You know, I felt good about myself. And then they were like, come back in three months, try these things first. And it's Mm -hmm. like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, Mm -hmm. it's very overwhelming. And I think this is a much bigger issue than we can discuss in this podcast. But like, when you think about what makes it so difficult to get treatment, I know for me, my health insurance at the time didn't cover mental health treatment. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't go see a psychiatrist who prescribes mental health related medications. I was undiagnosed with ADHD all the way until I was in grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I just thought that everyone struggled. I thought everyone had it. Like, I thought it was that hard. And I was like, wow, this is really hard school. And this is, these are really hard classes. And I struggled and I got B's and C's when I was striving for A's. And it wasn't until I like really sat down and asked myself, like, what the heck's going on? Like, maybe there's more to it. And then anyone who's tried to get diagnosed with ADHD or take medication for ADHD knows how difficult that is, especially if you were not diagnosed as a child. It's next to impossible to get diagnosed if you don't have bukus of money or you don't have an in with someone who can provide it because there are all these tests and questionnaires you have to go through. And then because the medication is a controlled substance, there's a whole other barrier. I know with my, even when I got insurance, I've had to fight with insurance to pay for my medication. So there, there are all these things that like push people back. And I definitely want to, I would definitely want to acknowledge that because that's a big factor in deciding, should I take medication? It's like, oh yeah, great. I know it can help me, but you know, how do I navigate all these other barriers when I'm already struggling so much? I'm just curious, like what your, your experience may be a little different, but I'm curious what your thought or reaction to that is. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's so much of what you were saying that it's, it's so difficult, you know, when you're struggling with a mental health challenge, whether it is anxiety, and it's so hard to pick up the phone to call a therapist for the first time or depression, and it's so hard to roll out of bed and open your laptop and search for a new therapist, or ADHD, and you're trying to keep track of all these different testing appointments that you need to go to. There's so many barriers to to getting help. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier, it's it can be so demoralizing because you feel like you gather everything, every ounce of energy you have to make that one phone call and they don't answer or to mm-hmm. send that one email and they're not taking new clients or, you know, they don't get back to you at all. That is a much bigger barrier than I think people realize in seeking treatment and in seeking medication because it's not just this like one little bump back in your journey. When you're seeking medication for the first time and your first answer is no, you are back at square one and you feel mm-hmm. like, why did I just put myself through all that? How much, right. how much time do I need to give myself to like recover from that and put energy into doing it again? And I have absolutely been at the spot where I've just been like, you know, I give up, whatever. I'm going to be unmedicated for a year or two because I I just, I can't go through this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been one of the big ones for me. And I think another big one that I was thinking of while you were talking is finding the balance between helping, a med- medication helping with your symptoms, but the side effects not harming you to mm-hmm. an extent. And that's something I've dealt with with ADHD meds. I take Adderall daily that I absolutely need for my focus, ability to follow conversations, general executive function. But the first time I took it, the first dose I was on, I was not eating because it's a stimulant and it affects your appetite. And so I could not make myself eat. I was so nauseous when I thought about food and it was like, okay, clearly I need this for for attention reasons. It's helping me with concentration, but it is not a sustainable medication for me right now because Mm -hmm. I am a human that needs to eat. And that was such a difficult process of like, this medication makes me feel so good in terms of, you know, being productive, being able to read and write and do work and all of that stuff. But it's not something that I can be taking right now or not at this dose. And I think that's really hard. And something that that comes into play too is thinking about side effects, thinking about a lot of fear about like, will this change my personality? 
-hmm. there's a lot of fears that come up. I think this brings us to a really good point around why it's so important to have a trusting relationship with your doctor so that you can talk about these things. One of the things I remind myself and my clients is that I work for them. Your doctor works for you. Your psychiatrist works for you. You pay them to do a job. So if you can advocate for yourself in that space, which is not easy, right? Like this is a space that's designed to make us feel less than. So we just kind of take a lot of the word for, you know, for face value. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you get to decide whether or not they agree with you. You get to decide if you're going to go get that prescription filled. You're going to decide whether or not to continue to take that medication with hopefully the conversation with your doctor. You're honest with them. If if they don't agree, you can say, look, well, I'm not going to do that. I want to make sure I come off these medications safely because I don't agree with your plan moving forward. But being able to be honest about here are the side effects I'm having. How common are they? How often do people have them? I know for me, the hardest part, I tried like five or six different antidepressants before I found one that works. And the process was very daunting because for antidepressants, especially they're not like ADHD medications, which I also take. And that also took a while to find the one that worked. They're not the same in that they don't work immediately like many stimulants do. And, and you know this, antidepressants can take up to six weeks sometimes to like get into the system enough to work. So it's like, okay, let me start at this dose. And then do I notice anything? No. Okay. Now I have to go to this dose and then this dose and then actually, okay, let's try a different medication. You start that one. It's like, wow, the side effects on that one were awful. Let's try a different one. Like the process can be so overwhelming. And I remember a few minutes ago, you were saying like, how do you stop from getting to that point where like, I give up, like, I'm tired of trying new medications. I'm tired of feeling side effects. How do you battle that? And how do you keep that like hope that maybe things will turn around and like you will find the one and maybe you don't, and maybe you step away and you take some time, like you said, and you come back to it when you feel you have the energy. And at least then, you know, like I have, I know for a fact that these medications don't work. So if you do step away, you go back to your doctor six months, a year later, you want to try again, you at least you're not starting over, you're just kind of picking up where you left off. But for you, like, how did you like stay with it to find the one that worked? I think it was a lot of reminding myself that it takes, you know, trial and error a lot of the times, which is hard. But knowing that the way that I was living was not how I wanted to live forever. And knowing that that couldn't be how I had to live forever. There had to be something else. And it did get so frustrating where I, I did stop making appointments because I couldn't. I could barely feed myself, never mind, you know, finding new new psychiatrists who hopefully take insurance and so on and so on. And so I did need to take that time. I think I've been really lucky where I have great people around me. I have a great support system in my family and in my friends who you know, when I started to express, like, I know I need to be back on medication, but like, I don't know where to start. Like, I'm not, it's, it's too much to think about making those first steps would be like, you know what, like, let's sit down and do like scary hour together. And I'm going to do the things that I don't want to do. And you can do the things that you don't want to do. So having that, having that support system, I think was a really big piece of it for me. And trusting myself, I was going to mention this too, when you were talking about 
your doctor, your psychiatrist, whoever working for you. It's so easy to default to your doctor's opinion and just go in mm -hmm. being like, I think I need medication. And then being like, okay, like you can take this and being like, okay, great. Like I'll go pick it up at CVS on my way home. And keeping in mind that you are the expert in yourself. Your doctor only knows as much as you have told them. So if, you know, they spit out one medication, look into that medication. Does it touch on everything that you think you need help with? Because what if you haven't mentioned this one issue? Does it, you know, have poor side effects if you have this condition that you forgot to mention to your doctor? Or do you think something else would work better? Things like family members who have seen success on a certain medication can be helpful too in, um, a lot of times genetics play a role in medication. Yeah. And so, you know, if a biological family member has had great success on something, that might be a great first place to start. But yeah, kind of keeping in mind that there are options, you know yourself best. And if it feels like you need to take some space from medication, that's okay. And you are allowed to do that. And if you need to seek out a different doctor, or talk to some friends or talk, you know, join a support group for the me in the meantime, and get back to that mental health medication journey at a later time, that is a okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think we are our, you know, biggest advocate, mm -hmm. finding the voice and being able to speak up and really be honest and direct with your provider asking very specific questions doing a little research on your own, if you know that medications typically have X, Y, and Z side effects that you might be worried about, bring those up to your doctor and say, you know, these are the most concerning because there are different classes or different types that all target the brain different ways. And so again, just being your advocate, being comfortable knowing that at the end of the day, you are the one that's going home and taking that medication. You're the one that has to deal with those side effects. You're the one that's going to get the benefit out of advocating for yourself. And then, you know, there's a whole other discussion, which we'll actually talk about next week, which is how to get the most out of your psychiatric meds. When you've made the decision to start, you're in the process. How do you take them regularly? How do you get the most out of them? How do you keep those conversations going with your doctor so that you don't get to a point where you're like, okay, this isn't working they're not working around not getting the most out of them. We'll talk about that more uh, next week on next week's episode, uh, which I'm excited about because I had all these thoughts that were coming up that fit more in line with that episode. So before we end the episode today, was there anything else that kind of came up for you? Any questions, any reflections on anything I said, or just that we were talking about that you wanted to throw in? Uh, no, I think we've gotten, we've hit on everything. Um, I will say that I totally agree with you that the conversations about starting medication and how to get the most out of medications overlap so much. So we totally could have done one mega episode on <laughs> both of those questions, but excited to be back with everyone next week and dive into that question more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with both of these topics and as closely related as they are, if you have someone you trust, a friend or a family member, like anyone that you feel safe enough to talk to and and you feel safe enough having them join you in this whole journey, I think makes a, like a huge difference. Having someone to help you make that appointment, having someone to help you figure out what questions you want to ask. Like, don't feel like you have to do things alone. If you have those supports there that you trust and that you want to, to kind of lean on while you figure it out, 
I mean, that's how that's what this podcast is all about is destigmatizing, talking about things out in the open and in a way that really helps us connect with one another and help ourselves be our own advocate. And we can't we just can't do that if we don't talk about it. So I guess that brings us to our sign off. Em, if you want to tell everyone goodbye. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Keep fighting in the open.